The podcast members of the chamber is presented by Piper Foods and fueled by McCafe. If you're listening in your car, why not stop by one of Piper Foods' five McDonald's locations in Oakville or look them up on any McDelivery service. We thank Piper Foods for their generous support of our chamber and for everything they do in the community. Now let's get started. Welcome, Oakville Chamber, to Season 2 of our podcast, Members of the Chamber. Oakville Chamber members, one story at a time. Members of the Chamber is a podcast, where each episode we sit down with one member of our Chamber community and have a conversation. A conversation about their individual, entrepreneur, or professional journey, their job, and how they ended up where they are today. My name is Drew Redden, and I'm the President and CEO of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce, We're broadcasting from the Staples Studio co-working facility located at 320 North Service Road West in Oakville, Ontario, and this is Members of the Chamber. Members of the Chamber is brought to you by the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Next to their salary, most employees feel benefit coverage is the most important thing their employer can offer. That's why more than 30,000 business owners choose Chamber Plan. It helps you attract the high-caliber talent you need to be competitive in your industry, and it can help you hold on to them once you find them. Get a free quote at chamberplan.ca or by contacting your local Chamber Plan advisor, which in Oakville is the Hynek Financial Group at 905-319-9999 or at info at hfgb.ca. Kristen, we're back in the swing of things. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, It's good to be back in the podcast studio. And uh, it's going to be a little different this season. Yeah, like many of you listening, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we've had to change the way we're doing things at the Chamber, including we're hosting this podcast virtually now. Yep, with our masks on. And uh, Staples has done a great job making sure that uh, we're in a safe space here, following all public health guidelines. Yeah, and I'm so glad we're able to continue to do the podcast. It really has been a great way to introduce some of our amazing members to the rest of the Chamber community. You're right. And today we have another great show with Don Pangman from Art House. Let's get started. Joining us today on Members of the Chamber is Don Pangman. Don's professional career includes 30 years on Bay Street. And over the last 20 years, he has been involved in the charitable sector as a fundraiser and consultant. Don is the founder of Art House a Halton-based charitable organization which provides free arts programs to vulnerable children and youth from 7 to 17, who many may not have access to arts programs. Celebrating its 11th anniversary in June 2020, Art Host has served over 9,000 young people with 634 programs at 90 safe and accessible locations throughout Halton. From just two programs in 2009, to 129 last year at 45 locations, Arthos remains the only organization of its kind serving young people throughout Halton. Don is the recipient of Rotary International Foundation's Paul Harris Award, the United Way Chairs Award in 2004, the McPhee Award from the Children's Aid Foundation of Halton, the Oakville's Community Spirit Award in the Arts, 
and in 2012, he was presented the Queen Elizabeth Diamond Jubilee Medal. In 2016, he was honored to be named a life governor of St. Mildred's Lightbourne School. Don, welcome to our virtual podcast. I'm so happy we were able to schedule this. Thank you. Me too, Drew. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk. So 30 years on Bay Street, what kept you there for so long? Um, well, Bay Street, I refer to as sort of the investment industry. Um, I started in Vancouver, where I was brought up, and moved to Toronto 10 years later. So I was there from 1966 to 76, moved to Toronto, and we've been here, here ever since. So it was uh, 10 years in Vancouver on Howe Street, <laughs> and uh, another 20 years on Bay Street in Toronto. So was it a job that brought you to Toronto? It uh, was uh, moving from the branch office to the head office. I really wanted to be part of the of the big guys scene. <laughs> well, as someone from Nova Scotia moving to Toronto, I can uh, I can appreciate that from the other coast. Uh, yeah. What do you remember about your time on uh, on Bay Street during that investment sector, and uh, what sticks with you now that you're in your current venture with Art House? Well, I think um, moving from trading to sales to uh, when I left, I was the CEO of a, a large brokerage firm. Canada-wide brokerage firm. Um, what what always was important to me was um, getting to know the client, getting to know the person on the other side, um, and building a trust between myself and them. So whether it was a, a trading associate on the other side of the street, an institutional client, or interfacing with the rest of the people on Bay Street, I think trust and uh, that sort of thing was, was vitally important. So... Don, to leave Bay Street and start a not-for-profit community impact organization in Oakville, was that something you had always planned to do throughout your career? Is that how you wanted to, uh, you know, end end your career in that sense? Or did you just wake up one morning and uh, know this was what was next for you? Well, my uh, my career ended rather abruptly on Bay Street in 1997, and uh, which I wasn't all that unhappy about, quite <laughs> frankly, because I look back on uh, on three decades of a lot of fun, um, and I think that the business was starting to change and I might not have been suited for that change. So it took me a little while to figure out what I was going to do for the rest of my life, but I really didn't feel I wanted to go back to Bay street. So I had to find something else. Um, I was living up with a friend of mine and a very small investment management firm in Oakville, but it wasn't going to be the rest of my career. Um, I didn't enjoy it because it was quiet. Uh, I think I used to read the Globe and Mail twice every morning, uh, the same paper. Um, so I knew there was something else I had to do. And it was just by sheer coincidence that um, I was approached by the United Way of Oakville to get involved in their leadership campaign. Mm. And the leadership campaign, as you may know, is um, asking people to support the United Way with an annual donation of $1,000 in those days and now $1,200. So it it was sort of a, 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 a wake-up call for me to learn more about my own community through my volunteer involvement with the United Way. Commuting day in and day out to Toronto, uh, coming home and being with your family didn't really educate me a lot on some of the needs within the community. So towards the end of that uh, three-year period that I was working with a friend in the investment management business in Oakville, I was also sort of researching something that I thought I might be good at, and that was fundraising. So I just went and looked at every uh, major organization in North America 
from universities to smaller charities and just sort of picked up some tips on how to fundraise. And that led me to, uh, I guess, moving into my second career, as I'd like to call it. And I still see the tie-in between sales on Bay Street and fundraising. That's reaching somebody and building their trust and, uh, and then doing a deal. This isn't selling stocks anymore. It's asking people to support a charity. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so as you talk about that, can you give us an overview of what Art House is and, uh, and who it supports? Sure. Um, as you opened, uh, I'm so proud of what we've done. Um, it was just a bit of an idea and getting uh, backing from a, a lot of community supporters in uh, 2008, late 2008, early 2009 convinced me that there was a void in our community and uh, also the research I'd done through the United Way. And I've always loved the arts. I wouldn't say I'm a great musician, but um, I've always loved the arts. Um, had the privilege of uh, co-founding the Oakville Jazz Festival in 1992 and an event series uh, through my church, St. Jude's Church, which uh, I also founded, co-founded in 1992. And I think it just gave me that much more momentum to be involved in the, in the charitable sector, the volunteer sector, and the arts really hit home for me. And knowing all the other um, issues in our community, I saw the one thing that was missing, and that was the arts. And following all the research I'd done worldwide about the importance of the arts um, and how vital it is in, in the life of all humans, um, that's what led me to uh, start the process of looking at some organization that turned out to be Art House. And yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, some, something that you mentioned there is you started this in 2009. And in 2009, we we're going through a global financial crisis. You know, fast forward to 2020, we're in a global pandemic here with uh, COVID-19. Was there challenges raising money at a time when uh, the economy was kind of turned upside down? And was there lessons learned in 2009 that you are uh, that you're practicing here in 2020? Um. Yeah, I guess I, I, I could look back on some of that now that you mention it. Um, I, I think in 2009, uh, my mind wasn't really on what was going on in terms of the recession, but um, it was really just trying to reach people and reach people that um, had an interest in supporting community already and then uh, building a story with them uh, in a very small organization at the time but they were really the people that um, helped us launch this. And I also can't say enough about all the partners that I had spoken with, from the town of Oakville to to um, some friends at RBC initially, to the art groups in the community. Um, they all had something to add to my confidence, I guess, in starting something. Um, and also, I think the very important donor at the time was the Ontario Trillium Foundation. Um, I had barely got our incorporation documents uh, confirmed um, when we pushed the submit button on a very large grant application of $50,000, and three months later, we were confirmed that amount. So those are the kind of things that when you look at a recession, you have to ignore those things and move forward. Today, totally different story. Ten years later, um, it's not so much a recession. It's where the priorities have been um, with covid so as an organization, like anyone who's going to see where change is necessary immediately, um, we became a provider of uh, fresh meals to a number of our art house families. 
We also never gave up on the arts, but we had to convert from being providing live programs to um, going virtual. And so that didn't just happen overnight. It took some time. It took some thought. And we had to make sure we had the right people uh, leading those programs, people that could um, attract and retain young people. So, yeah, it's been a challenge. And uh, I thank, again, the United Way of, uh, of Hamilton Halton now, the Oakville Community Foundations, a number of supporters that um, were tied in with the federal government and the, um, our ability to raise money, uh, emergency community support funding, and other very generous organizations who, I might add, have recognized the arts as also being an essential service. So I think it's a great sort of bit of survival, but um, I can't thank the partners that we've had all the way through this enough for their loyalty and, and, and uh, trust in what we wanted to do and what we needed to do to, in order to make this pivot and transition. So that kind of leads into my next question, because uh, in your intro, I indicated that last year, Art House hosted 129 programs at 45 locations. That is right. not a small operation. So what, what do you credit the growth and sophistication of this organization to? Well, again, um, any of those locations have been provided to us for free. They could be locations at public schools that don't have arts programs. Um, we work very closely with Children's Aid Society, the Reach Out Center for Kids, and Halton Multicultural Council. They each have their own locations where we've been um, asked to provide arts programs, different types of programs, but um, at each of those locations. We also work very closely with Halton Community Housing um, at about 11 different locations where we've provided programs, some going back uh, as far as 2014. So again, it's uh, it's reliability, it's the ability to deliver, it's um, getting families involved, and door-to-door knocking. Um, I have uh, three phenomenal staff colleagues that uh, are on the ground. We're jokingly saying through this whole pandemic, uh, we're buying a new pair of running shoes every two weeks. Uh, You know, I I think that really highlights that not-for-profit organizations are businesses as well. And, uh, you know, you indicated earlier in our chat that your experience on Bay Street has been extremely valuable to you. But what advice do you have for someone who is considering a shift from the private sector to the not-for-profit sector? Well, there's two things. I guess if you're forced out of your um, for-profit sector and you have to sort of think about what you'd like to do for the rest of your life, um, I think you do have to look at considering something you thought about maybe years ago, should I, shouldn't I do this, but you'd never had really the need to. And, and if you're forced out, um, I recall a friend of mine asking me to visit with a friend of his who had just been uh, asked to leave his job, fairly senior position. And so we had coffee one morning and he um, told me about what had happened. And I said, so what are you going to do next? And he said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take the next job I've been offered. And then I'm going to go lie on a beach for a month and consider my future. And I said, well, personally, I do the other way around. I'd go lie on the beach right now and think about whether that's really what you want to go back to because it's the same old, same old, or do you really want to sort of leap out and do something that uh, you, you may have dreamed about a number of years ago, but now you have opportunity to do it. Um, to move from the for-profit to the not-for-profit, you also got to realize that um, the income levels may drop dramatically. Um, 
So you're not in it for the money. And, and, uh, and that's been certainly the way that I've looked at art has, uh, fortunately I was able to uh, help bring up our, our five children and, and ed- get them educated and live in a beautiful community like Oakville. Um, so this is the next in my life. And it's really just a, a dedication to um, support the kids that may not have the opportunities that we had growing up. Yeah, that's a, it's an amazing, uh, amazing story you have there too. Um, this is a bit of a two-part question here. You started small. Did you ever imagine Art House would grow this big? And you know, building off that, where do you see Art House ten years from now? Um, I guess it certainly has uh, grown um, in ways we probably looked back and couldn't imagine. Um, I think the other part of it is that we still remain the only organization in all of Halton that does what it does, and uh, and so not that we don't. Um, advocate competition but we've been really fortunate and so in a way we're 10 or 11 years out of the box um over this last month eight months uh, through the pandemic um our numbers have dropped in terms of the uh, number of people we're supporting in the community uh we lost the schools early in the year because of work to rule and the strikes and of course we had no opportunity to deliver live programs so I don't know whether large is as important to us today as depth. And we have grown dramatically over these last 11 years. Uh, we moved into Burlington in 2013, and we moved into Milton in 2016, and, um, and also uh, Halton Hills in 2018. And our board and, and our strategic planning has, uh, is keeping us focused on Halton because there's so much more we can do in Halton. There's probably 25,000 kids from age 7 to 17 that in the perfect world we could be supporting with arts programs. So it's not a question of, of at least during my reign here, of, of moving out of Halton. And with the numbers that we've seen a big reduction in because of COVID, we're doing a much more in-depth job with the families that we're supporting today. And we're getting to know them better. So it's not all about growth. Sometimes it's about depth. And, uh, and I think all of us at Art House uh, are feeling pretty good about the way we're operating today in terms of the depth. And I think uh, everyone in Halton is uh, very fortunate to have Art House and organizations like yours here in our community. So if folks listening want to learn more about Art House or how they can get involved, uh, what do you recommend? Well, certainly look at our, uh, our website. We, we rebranded this earlier this year. Uh, also, coincidentally, a bit fortuitous, uh, we have a new website called arthousehalton.com. Uh, we invite people to uh, just log on and see what we're up to. We also stepped up our game in our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn accounts. Um, they're all business accounts, so we're doing lots of postings. Um, I'm certainly uh, more than willing to have a chat with anyone who'd like to know more about what we do, and uh, I can be reached at dawn at arthousehalton.com. And uh, or call me on my uh, on my phone, and that's all on the front page of our website. So hopefully that's uh, that's an opportunity for people to uh, learn more about us. And and we'll be sure to tag all your social handles uh, as as we promote this podcast. But uh, Don, if you're an avid listener of our podcast, I know you know that we always wrap up our interviews with the same question, and uh, that is, what is the best piece of advice you have received in your career? Um. Well, there's two things. I guess um, I remember telling all my kids that um, there's three things, really three important things 
you've got to know, I believe, in order to look at success going through life. One is uh, shake hands with a firm handshake. Two is look them straight in the eye. And three is try not to upset them because you never know when they're going to come back to help you 10, 30 years from now. The other thing is I've never looked at challenge as the right word. I've looked at opportunity. And so I truly believe in opportunity. Um, there are barriers out there, but we all have to figure out ways of getting through them. And uh, so perhaps that's those two things I take away as uh, part of my base rate education. I think those are two very sound pieces of advice and, uh, and a great way to wrap this interview. So Don, it's always a pleasure chatting with you and I really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to learn more about your career today. Well, we are uh, we just got our 10-year certificate from uh, the chamber, so uh, we're very proud 10-year uh, members. And uh, I thank you guys for everything you do. Uh, I will say I really miss those business after hours. As do we, and we're looking forward to getting all the members, uh, members back together as soon as it's safe to do so. Awesome. Thanks so much, sir, and, and Kristen. Well, thanks, Don. And thank you for joining us on Members of the Chamber. To our members and listeners, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us. If you know someone that would make an interesting guest on Members of the Chamber, please send us a note to info at oakvillechamber.com. We would love to hear from you. Make sure you stay up to date with what's going on at the Chamber by following along on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you to our producer and Chamber Communications Manager, Kristen Curry. And last but certainly not least, thank you to the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan and the Heineck Financial Group for supporting this episode. Talk to you soon, Oakville Chamber. Have a safe and productive day.